Welcome to 7-Minute Hepatology. Today I'm joined by Dr. David Wong from UHN to discuss how to treat COVID patients with underlying cirrhosis. So first up, how are you deciding which patients to treat and which ones to monitor? Okay, so COVID affects different people differently because we know that most people with COVID will recover, but other people are at higher risk of severe illness uh, and hospitalization and death. Fortunately for for us in Ontario, we have a good uh, science table, and they've come out with some uh, pretty good charts. They're not unique to here, but they've done, I think they've done it in a good way. And what they do is they base it on um, how many doses of COVID vaccines you have, what's your age, and how many risk factors for severe disease you have. And the risk factors for severe disease include cirrhosis, but not any cirrhosis, but decompensated cirrhosis. Okay, so decompensated cirrhosis, but the main ones that everyone knows about are obesity with BMI over 30, diabetes, any heart disease, significant lung disease, um, sickle cell disease, and then severe renal disease and intellectual disabilities, cerebral palsy. So things that make you disadvantaged uh, seems to increase your risk of severe disease. Now, for example, if you are age over 70 and have at, had at least three COVID vaccine doses, then you need at least three of the high risk factors before you're at risk for severe disease. However, if you haven't had any vaccinations and you're very young, you need three risk factors. But at age over 70, you don't need any risk factors. Just because the fact that you're old and unvaccinated makes you at risk for severe disease. I should also point out that pregnancy by itself, unvaccinated is a very high risk as, as well. So when we say risk, we're talking about an over 5% risk of hospitalization with COVID infection. Now, just because it's over 5%, you can also say that there's a 95% chance that these people will not need hospitalization or get sick. So you actually need to assess the patient. So what do I do when I talk to someone with COVID infection? First thing I do is figure out what is the timing? So in Ontario, we time it as day zero, as day of symptom onset. And that's not always easy to pin down, but you try as best as possible to exactly what day they got symptoms. Because if you're going to use an antiviral like Paxlovid, you have to start treatment within five days. And just because you make a decision to start at five, day five doesn't mean you actually have access to drugs on day five. Uh, remdesivir you can use up to day seven and the difference is that remdesivir is an intravenous infusion daily times three so you actually have to find an infusion center which is not easy whereas Paxlovid most pharmacies can dispense it so those are the considerations so then the next thing I do is I talk to them figure out where is their cirrhosis are they completely child's age cirrhosis virus scan 13.5 which is nothing right they're effectively non-cirrhotic as opposed to you know if fiber scan of 40 with some esophageal varices, but no history of decompensation, as opposed to someone with ascites and cephalopathy. There are different degrees of cirrhosis and different degrees of risk. Do they have any other comorbidities? And then the, probably the most important thing to ask is, are they getting worse and how sick are they in their clinical course? So that depends on where they are on infection. So day zero, day one, they're still going to get worse. Day four, day five, they should be getting better. So even in someone who's got cirrhosis without significant risk factors, if they're on day four and day five and they're still really, really bad, I'm going to treat them, even though statistically they're not at high risk. However, someone who's got child C cirrhosis has no symptoms, despite all the risk factors, I'm probably not going to treat them. So you do still have to assess the patient. So 
what do I do if I decide that they need treatment? So you have to be very careful here because certainly in the U.S. and also starting in Ontario, everyone's getting prescribed Paxlovid whether they need it or not. And there have been some unpleasant surprises in the people who get treated. So the thought here is, oh, I can make COVID a nothing infection if I just give everyone Paxlovid. Hang on a second. There have been famous cases of rebound reported in these well people that we normally would not prescribe Paxlovid. So what do I mean by that? They get five days of Paxlovid. They feel better. Their their COVID viral load goes down. But then on stopping it, their virus rebounds. They get all the symptoms again. It's almost like you prolong the misery by another seven days. I have not seen this personally. And certainly I've treated a lot of sick people with high risk and I haven't seen the rebound in sick people. And there's good evidence that Paxlovid works in people at higher risk. There's zero evidence that it works in people being treated for convenience. That is, you're privileged and you have access to Paxlovid and you're trying to make yourself better quicker. quicker. And there's no evidence that actually works. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know about the rebound. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, for example, the OMA, even though they had held a town hall, we talked about all this, they've given out guidance that everyone should be on Paxlovid, which is absolutely the wrong thing to do. So with anyway. Paxlovid, I guess there's a lot of, um, I guess a lot of people aren't familiar with these medications. Is there a way to check for interactions? Or? Sure. So the, the issue with Paxlovid is the ritonavir. So ritonavir is a protease inhibitor that's active against HIV. It was one of the early protease inhibitors. And what they didn't realize is that it, uh, completely inhibits uh, one of the cytochrome P450 enzymes. So it uh, prevents you from metabolizing drugs. So one of the drugs that GI people use all the time is uh, medazolam for gastroscopy. So if you gave someone ritonavir and medazolam, that medazolam is going to stay around for 72 hours and they're just not going to wake up. So you can't do that. Okay. So also in the early days of HIV therapy, they used high doses of ritonavir because they'd use it as a primary protease inhibitor, and that caused a lot of liver toxicity. So anyone with underlying hepatitis B or hepatitis C had a 20 to 30% hepatitis risk uh, that could be significant. Since that time, ritonavir is no longer used as a protease inhibitor. It is used as an inhibitor of cytochrome P450, so it boosts your drug levels of other medications. So it's effectively used at 20% of the dose that they used to in the early 2000s. And because of that, we no longer see the issues with hepatotoxicity. The problem is when the FDA and drug companies go to approve a drug, they don't test it in people with liver disease because they're afraid of the toxicities when you use it at five times dose, which is utterly ridiculous. So um, if you look at the product monograph in decompensated cirrhosis where they are at risk for severe disease, Paxlovid is contraindicated, as is remdesivir. So you're now saying, wait, the sickest people, you, can't, you know they're, you're, they're a sitting duck for severe disease, but you can't treat them. The liver people took that line down and said, okay, we can't treat them. What can you do? Whereas the nephrologist said, that's renalism. You've discriminated against our patients just because of renal function. You didn't do the studies and you think the, the side effects are bad, but it actually is not. So the nephrologist Ontario actually said, no, absolutely not. You can dose reduce your medications, but you can still use Paxlovid. The hepatologists have given no guidance. So what would I do in the absence of guidance? Well, anyone who's ever worked with me knows that I hate guidance. I would rather make up my own mind. I feel that the drugs are ritonavir I'm not afraid of because I have managed HIV patients 
for over 20 years. I'm familiar with using ritonavir at this dose for people with liver disease. Uh, so I have no issues with it. And it's only a five-day course. So I would suggest to you that if your patient is sick with COVID and you think that you can prevent hospitalizations, you should actually treat them, whether they are child's B cirrhosis or child C cirrhosis, because your alternative is to send them into hospital, which is not probably not going to end well. So I would do it. You do have to look for drug-drug interactions. And so Liverpool people did interactions for hepatitis C medications. They also do it. The same website does it for uh, COVID medications. So you just type in what your COVID me- medication is. And in this case, it's Paxlovid or Remdesivir. And then you just put in all their other medications and see which ones interact. As with hep C medications, you can't use statins, so you just stop them. I mean, there's no emergency to stopping a statin for five days. The bigger issue is actually the DOAX. Um, they're afraid that the effective uh, anticoagulation dose goes up if you co-administer with ritonavir, and there's a risk of bleeding. And so in general, to be safe, they uh, say to stop the DOAX and switch to low molecular weight heparin if you cannot stop the anticoagulation for five days. And there's uh, the, the Ontario site has good... Uh, resources and how to do that with DOAX, when to stop the DOAX. 12 hours later, you can stop the Paxlovid if you don't have impaired uh, clearance. Arguably, you might want to wait a bit longer for cirrhosis. Um, but you have to be careful. You have to start your Paxlovid within five days, right? So uh, and if you have to wait, if you wait too long on starting your DOAX, switching to a low molecular weight heparin, you might be out of that five-day window. And there's the, the, the data for a treat, starting treatment beyond day five is not nearly as robust. Thank you so much for giving us a whirlwind tour of how to treat uh, COVID in patients with underlying cirrhosis. I guess this is an important topic that we need to be aware of or be comfortable with. If, I would say if you're not familiar, just refer them to a COVID assessment center, which is a problem because they're not going to treat your cirrhotic. So I would say refer them here because we're, we know what to do with it. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks.